Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're on a collision course with the national championship, and only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, but get out the way. That's what that is right there. We're coming like this, man. When you're like this, you can't be beat, baby! You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now. Here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince Lococo. We are back for another episode of From the Pink Seats Podcast. It's a victory episode as the crowd goes wild. That's right, victory here in the beautiful month of Brocktober. We absolutely had our <laughs> socks brocked off as Louisville defeats Virginia. We're going to get into a ton of things tonight on the episode, an abbreviated show as we'll have uh, a bye week this week instead of breaking down an opponent. Uh, we're just going to we're going to imagine what Scott Satterfield's doing on his uh, bye week, and we're going to do so with wrong answers only tonight. So we'll go to Presley throughout the night for that. That's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching carousel here to start the show. We're going to figure out what town, some random place Presley's in in Michigan. Uh, Vince and I, before the show started, realized that we both have a love for Boo at the Zoo, so we'll get into that to start the show, and then we'll get into, of course, the usual right and wrong, Vince's game notes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what is going on uh, around the football program headed into the bye week, uh, and then we will head off into our the rest of our bye week, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to head off to vacation. You guys are going to just do baseball stuff. and Presley, Oh, we get off for this week? Presley's oh, just going to be- boss. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. You can have unpaid unpaid talent can I'll, have the weekend I'll off. I'll be you're sure welcome. to tell my actual boss that my podcast boss gave me vacation this week, so I won't be in. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I want to start with this. Uh, I, I wrote it on top of the show here, and I wonder if you guys know what this is. Maybe you do. I don't know. But um, I have been t- turned on to a song today uh, by a rapper named Lil Yachty. I asked you what walk means, uh, that you brought the walk to Poland. What do you think that means, Matt? What do you think bringing the walk to Poland is? I'm not even going to try and pretend like I have any damn clue what that means. I've seen it. You know, I'm not even going to try and act like I know what the hell it means. Preston, do you have any guess? Do you know what, what it means to, to oh, take yeah. the walk to Poland? You do? You, you're hip yeah, you, to speed? You're hip? Yeah, you're your hip? mom knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even know where to go with this now, man. Presley just absolutely <laughs> threw that a curveball there. But speaking the of the golf last... action, yeah, give yeah. us a recap on how things yeah. went in the golf, the state of Louisville golf scramble. Well, well, Vince, go and brag on yourself, Vince. No, I'm not bragging on myself at all. I, I probably could have threw the ball better left-handed than what I was swinging the other day. But Presley and his buddy Garrett, I mean, Presley's back is still probably hurting for how much he had to carry the team. I mean, you were what? You probably came in second for the closest putt, too. I mean, we came in third overall. That's that's pretty solid out of what, like 20, 25 teams, something like that. I mean, it pretty pretty good day. I mean, uh, I have no lost idea. Lost the driver. If we, I mean, if we don't come in first, I don't care. I just I delete it from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> just do better next time. Yeah, sure. yeah, we we we, uh, we walked away with a couple, like some gear and stuff like that too. They had some you, raffle prizes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you, you trophied, you trophied third place. It's nothing to don't get your heads all big, but it, it's something to celebrate a little bit. You know, a little, little class. <laughs> it's a, it's for enough you. for me. Now get back to work. Bitch, for me and Presley to whoop your ass and top golf. <laughs> whenever that's. Coming. I mean, that's not oh. even a discussion. You're talking about throwing the ball. I, I, throw I, the I can't. Ball I can't further. wait to see you swing a golf club after it's what so Presley bad, has man. demonstrated for me. You swing a golf club. I can't wait. Oh, I'm not sure I would call it a swing. No, it's Charles Barkley-esque. I it's have not a sword, Jacob. It's not a sword. <laughs> it's the follow-through. All right, so walk. The definition from distractify.com uh, is that what Loyati most likely meant when he said he took the walk to Poland uh, was that walk is sh- uh, short for Walkart, and it's a pharmaceutical company that was founded in India in the 1960s. And, fellas, what that means uh, is that he took the lean. Okay. Are you familiar with the lean? He, the, the purple drank. Are you familiar with that? Yes. So he took the lean into Poland. So now you see why this is an internet sensation, Matthew, with everything that's going around. I encourage you to listen to the song. It slaps. All right. People it's listening so to the podcast right now will have heard the song uh, and they are definitely enjoying it as they listen to us talk. So I'm glad we could clear that up really, really fast. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to know what Matt thinks that lean is. Matt, I want to I want to hear your best guess. I'm not Sue, but I know it's right in uh, cough syrup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's little, right. Little Nyquil. I thought yeah. Jacob was going to grab his lean because because yeah. Matt said I know it's right in cough syrup, and Jacob just goes like he just like went to just go grab it. Uh, back to football. Anyway, uh, I listened to a little I listened to a little bit of Mike Jones back in the day. Come on now. You know what Scott Satterfield uh, was doing during his bye week? He was definitely drinking the walk. We know that for a fact, right? That that was the first thing that Scott Satterfield was doing doing during the bye week. No, but uh, somebody who might be drinking the walk because they're out of a job right now is Matt Rule. Um, and <laughs> what a fucking transition! <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and the carousel is just filling up each week. We're seeing more and more guys get on the merry-go-round. Uh, to now, where you have Arizona State, you have Wisconsin, you've got uh, Georgia Tech, you've got. Um, uh, Colorado soon you will likely have Auburn these jobs are uh, Nebraska is another one they're very interesting in the fact that there are a lot of them are big name jobs and now Matt Rule should be able to kind of come back and pinpoint whatever job he wants uh, and I, so my question is if the job at Louisville were to open up okay a scenario where it did could there be an interest in Matt Rule do you see that being a potential fit I mean they can be just as interested as like He's looking at a picture of Kim Kardashian. Like, yeah, you're interested, but I mean, you ever gonna get there? No, you're not. So, see, I I think there could be an interest there, but if there's anything I've seen over the last like 24 hours since he's gotten fired, it seems like Wisconsin and Nebraska are going to be the ones most interested in you know hiring him. But honestly, 
I'm a I'm not so sure that Matt Rule is going to have instant success, no matter like what job he takes. Because think about it, when was the last time he was in college? Was it what 2019? When that's like three years ago. Is that a long time? But regardless, that's before one time transfer before NIL college games completely different. So it's, it's not really guaranteed that he'll have, you know, instant success in a completely different landscape of, of the, of the game. What about Cliff Kingsbury? That's another name that very well could end up uh, making the transition back into college football. Is that an interest to anybody? I mean, again, now listen, we would be in, we, and we'd be in contention for having the most handsome coach in college football. You know, we'd be right up there with Notre Dame and Iowa state and trying to think of some of Matt would put Boston college up there. Campbell is pretty. Are you I don't calling know. Scott Satterfield ugly? You think that there are any Instagram models that are looking at uh, Scott Satterfield and saying, you know what? I got to have a chunk of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Wrangler. <laughs> Wrangler jeans. Wrangler jeans. No, I think, you missed the, the, I think you missed the point here. I'm talking about the the, in, the Instagram models uh, is what I'm talking uh, about. Do you think any of them are I and Scott Satterfield? I don't. I don't see that as a scenario. I don't know. Maybe there's some some country boy fetishes that some might have. I don't know. But I'm sure, there's some bag chaser out there. Somebody was interested in Bobby Petrino. Who would have thought that? That's true. But I think that more of the interest would be in a guy like Cliff Kingsbury or Marcus Freeman. Uh, Those guys are very handsome, and I I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is good of a coach at all. Be quite honest with you, if you want an opinion, Uh, that might be wrong. And here in a few months, that might be. I mean, if there's any, if there's anything consistent with any Cliff Kingsbury team. They'll put up a bunch of points. They'll choke the second half of the season away. That's right. And their quarterback will love Call of Duty and scramble around like a little toddler. I feel like that's – even though he did have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, people forget that when he was – And, and how many games did they win? That, that, not, not a lot. Not a lot. That's what I was getting to. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Someone's going to hire him, though. I, who do we think oh, it yeah. is? Who's going to overpay for him? I'm trying oh, to think probably of like program. Nebraska or Wisconsin, one of those. Yeah, two. I can no, see Nebraska. overpay for somebody. Uh any of those, I don't know, Arizona State, I could see doing I that see just Arizona because State. it's a West Coast is really fast. Yeah. I, I'm thinking yeah. more like of an up-tempo, somewhere where he can get around a lot of fast guys really yeah. quick in year one. Well, it, I mean, even now with, like you guys have been saying, the transfer portal and how everything is, I mean, he could bring in a whole squad in year one just like they did over at USC this year. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess somewhere out West, he doesn't want to mess with the East Coast cold. Oklahoma. Oh, that's a good one. Brent oh, Venables oh. might not make it. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy that's in an unfortunate situation. He's a guy to point out when you talk about making a coaching move of, and potentially, you know, having interest in a coordinator. There's your example of, of a coordinator who everybody wanted. He was the number one name for every job that opened for all those years. And look at him now. They suck. They just got that's, beat 41 to nothing. What the hell, I, man? I tell what you what, hell? though, that, uh, let's see, you got um, Brent Venables. Tony Elliott, Jeff Scott, that uh, Dabo Swinney coaching tree might as well be a petrified forest. That's not a good coaching tree. What town in Michigan are you in, buddy? Give us a snapshot and surround. give us a, a an, an ear visual of where you are and what you see. Uh, well, well, first, well, first of all, Presley Meyer, welcome into the show. Thanks, guys. I don't uh, think I did any introductions tonight. Not, uh, not really. Whatever. That's not no, call, gonna... call you out like that. Um, I mean, the, the Michigan is beautiful along the coastline, but then once you get inland, it's just very, just like Indiana or, or Ohio, but, um, uh, no, any guesses as to what town name town, the town name, uh, it's a kid. Mishawaka. 
no, 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 no. It's, Give me it's a hint. much think much more juvenile. Mm. Can I get a better hint than juvenile in Michigan? I don't know. Any it's, it's the name. It's the name of. Uh, Are you in a town named Butt, but it's spelled B U T T E, so that it's not like you know. Oh, but no, no, it's it's, no? it's better than that. Oh, okay, well, I'm thinking, you know, what's funny, fart and booger joke. So maybe there's something know. in relation. I, I don't there. know. Did anybody know the the guy's first name from Meet the Fockers? Oh, Gaylord. Oh, Are you in Gaylord? Gaylord yeah. Are you in Gaylord, Michigan? <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Gaylord. Okay, nice, nice. Well, the people so, nice there? Is it a is it a jolly happy nice. town? Yeah, I haven't met a single not nice person here. That's nice. Very nice. They do say people in the in the north are friendly, right? Is that a thing? Or are they, yeah, the, are they that's, not friendly? That's what they say. Yeah. Oh. The, the, the further north you go, the slower they talk and the nicer they are. And the sweet tea is delicious up here. Okay. All right. Well, look at that. Getting all these things out of the way here uh, as we transition into actually talking about football. What about oh, one last thing here? Boo at the zoo. Okay. I've got that coming up. Family affair. You know, we got to take the four year old and the one year old's going to make his debut out at the zoo. All right. So here's, here's the, here's the question. Okay. Preston, I'm going to come to you on this. So my daughter is being Wonder Woman. Okay. She is super into the superheroes. So she's going as Wonder Woman. My wife is wearing a t-shirt wonder woman type deal and a headband and just to be, you know, whatever we're being basic, trying to save some cash, you know, all kinds of things happening around here, but here's where it gets kind of fun, right? Me and my son, this is the opportunity for me to get creative, right? I've been waiting for this moment. I've, I've dreamed about this moment. What are we going to wear on our first trick or treating night out where we can do whatever we want? Okay. So I went into it and we were going to be shaggy and scooby-doo and i was going to be scooby-doo and he was going to be shaggy because he's got really long hair and he's just very klutzy uh very goofy little boy that didn't work out yes that's right that's right (laughs) and so instead what we are going to be and what what i need your help with presley is giving us the third wheel in our costume here so uh i'm going to be dwight Schrute, and then my son is going to be three hole punch jim Okay, which if the office, if there's any office listeners out there, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Presley, you know what I'm talking about. So what can Vince be that would fit in to make us three peas in a pod? Uh, Is he going Creed? Is he uh, (laughs) there's not really like a good character uh, that Vince, you know, kind of uh, translates to that I can think Uh, of off the top of my head. And so, Presley, who could he be? Pam's uh, fiance. Oh, Roy. You, Roy. Dude. <laughs> That's what I we was could give say. Liam a little black eye. And you, yeah, there we go. <laughs> it looked like you beat up there my son. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it would look like you beat up my son. What a take. Um, Dad of the year. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think what you could be like. Yeah, you could take like a like an empty bottle of like, like uh, whiskey and have a have a black eye and yeah. like, a, you know, you just look disheveled. Like we're just like a, like wear like your old Trinity outfit, like when you're walking to McDonald's after school, you know, like with the, with the un yeah untied tie and yeah, there you go. I could be a, uh, I mean Kevin's always great. I you mean, could be Kevin. You could, or I could Kevin. just, or I could just be the chili. I you could, could be the chili. Be a, That's be a good one. The chili. chili. That is a good one. You know, you yeah. should do. You should just wear like a bunch of scarves, and it could be like a pun. You could just be chili. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> God, however much we pay him, get him a raise. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, those. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to go male character. I think Creed's I don't know, a little. I don't think he fits the bill for Creed. Unfortunately, I think Kevin is the I closest mean, character. You could Andy. be. 
Oh, you could be Bob Vance. You could totally pull off Bob Vance, Vance refrigeration. I mean, the, the only other one I was thinking of is uh, uh, Plop. Plop, yeah. He could be Plop, yeah. But he, yeah, he doesn't have Vin- long enough hair for that. Vince, I guess you know Plop didn't have. Plop? Do what? You know why they call him Plop? No, why do they call him Plop? Because he's always taking massive dumps. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> please, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and move along here so that we don't lose our listeners too quickly into the show. Uh, those who are left, we thank you. But, you know, you know what you get. The, those who are listening weekly, you know what you get when you when you sign up for this show. <laughs> those who are new to the show, welcome. Hopefully, we didn't lose you. Uh, we're going to actually talk some football now. So let's dive into the the part of the show. Each week, we were, we look back on the week that was and we grade ourselves based off of whether we got it right or whether we got it wrong and right and wrong. And fellas, this week it's uh, it's mostly a lot of me being wrong, if I'm being honest with you, and a lot of you guys <laughs> being right. Uh, There's uh, no way I was right a lot. I was saying it's wrong. There's score for one for you, sure. You'd be surprised, okay? The predictions themselves, yes, we were wrong there. But my point being is this week it's it it was hard to find a lot of things that we either got right or wrong. And I think that leads me to believe that we got to work on giving some better opinions and not just not just spitting numbers and questions. That's what I, I did find last week, giving us a little bit of criticism here as we do this. We got to find some better. We got to get better takes. OK, that's what that's what comes out of this show each week. What we got right, what we got wrong. I will start what I got wrong last week. Direct quote. Brock Doman, by all accounts, seems like a good kid. Not sure what he's going to be able to do to elevate an already struggling offense. Um, Brock Doman, my, my friend, I am sorry, man. I, I, I'm one to eat my words when I have to. Um, and, um, you know, I, I said some things I'm not proud of Brock. Uh, I doubted your abilities and you are a kid who, like you said, you're not worried about stats. You're just out there grinding, man. You're just out there getting it done. You know, you're a gym rat. You're putting in the hard, hard work, man. We see the sneaky athleticism. We see it. We saw it on full display, 17 of 30 passing 275 yards, nine rushes for 71 yards, including the 44 yard touchdown, which funny enough, Presley, you talked a lot about last week that Evan Conley and Brock Doman might be the same person. Uh, how about that? You, you used Evan Conley play for Brock Doman. And <laughs> oh, you, that wasn't the same play. Was it not fairly close to the same play? It was not the same play, but yes, very close. Okay. Similar situation. Put, yeah, for sure. You could put those side by side and they would look, Fairly similar. Okay. Long that. score. We could. You, you're Great the video social guy. media post. We I'll need somebody. Hey, yeah. Uh, into business. I want to see it on my desk. I want to be ready for it to go live tomorrow morning. All right. You got, right. The, got, got the home on it. Okay. All right. Where Vince and I got it right, though, uh, <laughs> is that we said familiarity would help Virginia. And, and, and I'll say, well, maybe. Okay. This might be more inconclusive. But what I will <laughs> well, say maybe. is that Anthony Johnson. Uh, he balled, okay? He balled I out. I quit Anthony throwing Johnson. it at him. I mean, they just kept doing it. Uh. <laughs> but uh, here's who did get it wrong. Scott Satterfield, you got it wrong because that, that kid should be playing for Louisville. Uh, I don't know the inner workings of how everything shook out. Sometimes kids transfer because they want a fresh start. They want to go closer to home. They want to be a- at a different school for a different major. What I'm not sure what happened with Anthony Johnson, but we saw it with Russ Yeast, and now we're seeing it again with Anthony Johnson that these defensive backs are leaving and getting better. Uh, and it would be nice when we've seen Louisville kind of get dunked on week after week in the secondary, a lot of big plays, a lot of, you know, uh, you just got Moss type deal. Uh, but Vince and I, we, we did, we did talk a lot about the familiarity last week and the defensive coordinator, certainly that did not help him. Uh, Taylor Lamb, not really sure. Brandon Armstrong wasn't, wasn't great by any means. So I don't know, maybe the familiarity didn't help that much. Um, let's see where Matt got it right last week. 
just by singing, just by singing, he got Woo! it right. Man. It's and a one-time d- thing. I know, a one-time <laughs> thing. We're never going to get you to do it again. You know, the, the thing about Zoom is it announces when we're recording. And when we do that now, Matt, you know, got his ears perked up. He's not getting... He's not getting tricked into singing anymore, uh, but it was great while it lasted. And so we thank you for that, Matt. Uh, and if you listen to the pod, which I don't know if you guys did, Matt, I know you didn't outside of probably the first like 10 <laughs> seconds, but I did sneak it in again later in the show when we were talking about something else. So Matt, oh, you, 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 sung, you sung twice on the show last week. So thank you for that. Where Presley got it right is that he predicted that Louisville was going to win. In fact, that was uh, the first thing I saw Saturday morning when I woke up on Twitter in all caps, like you were screaming at me through my phone. Uh, you were going very, very hard that Louisville was going to win, and you, uh, you've taken a lot of a lot of flack lately in your mentions. Kudos to you, man. You were right. What do you? Would you like to? Would you like to give us a speech? You know, speech, speech. speech. I've actually come prepared. Sprinkling the papers now. Uh, no, I mean, I I said it on the podcast, and, and Louisville didn't really win in a, a seven. You know what they win by seventeen, fourteen. They didn't. 17, they didn't yeah. win it didn't feel like they won by a three by three possessions. If that makes sense. Like it was, a, no. it was an ugly game. A lot of things didn't go well. Virginia played poorly. Louisville didn't play that great. Like let's not get like way ahead of ourselves here. Uh, but there were a lot of good things to take away. And that's what I'll, I've, I've said over and over again, Scott Satterfield with his back against the wall. I didn't know how, like there, nothing was really backing up the fact that, that I thought it was going to happen other than it's just happened in the past and I just trust it. I trust Satterfield and the staff to, to make it happen again. And I, I just, you can't, you can't let three teams out in, in the first six games have a get right game against you. Um, and, and so that's, that, that, that's ultimately why, why I thought that. Um, and, and I just, when we recorded, I, I felt that way. And I, I truly didn't think that that Tyron Evans or, or Malik Cunningham were going to be in, in this game. Uh, so it, it had nothing to do with that. I just thought that they were going to find a way to win. Uh, it's not like they were playing Clemson or something. Like they were going to find a way to win, especially coming off off of the previous week. Uh, there were jobs on the line. There were livelihoods on the line. They weren't going to lose that game. Um, I, I I didn't see them winning by whatever it was. What was the final score? 30, 17, 34, 17, 34, 17. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't see, I didn't see it going necessarily that way, uh, but that was a lot on, on Virginia as well. Um, but no, I mean, and yeah, people who want to be haters, look, I had a great Saturday and, and everybody was sitting there, you know, like, like regardless if, if we lost and I was just going to log off Twitter and go sit, sit by a bonfire out back and enjoy my Saturday night, regardless, like bourbon still exists if Louisville loses. So like, I, I'm still going to have a great time. You got like anybody who wants to just like sit there and like start out the day miserable and just expect your team to lose. Like uh, what you saw on Twitter on Saturday was me being a fan. And we haven't done a lot of that uh, in, in the last few years because of all the negativity around the program and stuff. I just had a feeling they were going to win. Even down 10, everybody thought I was being sarcastic, celebrating field goals and everything else. Like, I just thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to get together. All right, I'm and, cutting you off because you're stealing all the thunder of this segment. Stop and, it. And right, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, stop <laughs> it. I'm, you're cut. You've got all my points. Stop doing that. Uh, okay, here we go. Presley was literally right in the show. <laughs> about everything you said. Okay. Yeah, literally just like, let me steal that. Let me steal that. Uh, oh, okay. sorry. I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't, I haven't read the show notes yet. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So Presley literally got everything that he said right last week. And let me give the all I wrote them all down here. And these are all just boom, 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 rapid fire one after another. This is the kind of takes and opinions that this segment needs. 
Here we go. He said when their backs are up against the wall, the coaching staff manages to concoct a game plan that is more effective than when they're free balling. I don't know if free balling was the right term there, but damn it, he got that one right. He said he felt more confident in this game than he did against BC. Boom, got it right. Uh, he said that Louisville has a pension to get things right when their backs are up against the wall. Boom, got that one right. He said, WTF, why couldn't we have done that against FSU, BC, and Syracuse is what we would be saying after that game. Boom, got it right. 23 to 21 was his predictions of a score, so you were wrong about that. But literally, Presley, everything just – Those words literally came out of my mouth after the game. I'm like, why, why couldn't we just do this against BC and FSU? I hate right? you, I hate you. <laughs> Yeah. There we go. I mean, so that's I, what I'm I talking that about. exact thing was going to happen. So there you go. There you go. All right. What I got right. Finally, I get to pop in here with something. I said, expect the unexpected from Louisville. They expect, I expected them to show up and just poo poo on themselves in Charlottesville at John Paul Jones Smith Stadium or whatever the name of that stadium is. That's and the they basketball did. arena. <laughs> whatever it's called. I don't know. I just, Scott <laughs> Stadium. whatever. You just, named, you just named a contestant on The Bachelor. Like three of them <laughs> in one name. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. Uh, but no, Louisville, they showed up and they played well. I thought the offense was going to be what you see when the Texans put in Davis Mills or when Chad Henney plays for the Chiefs and the ball moves three yards at a time. Boom, 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 punt. Boom, 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 punt. I thought this was going to be a game where the offense would be lucky to just get field goals. But give give kudos to Scott Satterfield, who made it very well known. I called the plays in the first quarter. I called the plays in the second quarter. You remember that play you liked in the third quarter? I called that. Fourth quarter, called that one too. Yeah, double middle finger to you. <laughs> <laughs> to you, to you, I called all those plays. Jokes on you, because the entire. I hope somebody was just telling him a halftime coach. They think they think Lance is running the place. They think he's calling it, coach. We need you to go out there and just give it. Give us something different. Keep making them think that, and so that after the game you can hold victory and pull the. I called those play calls, and you liked it. And all along, what you've been complaining about is is unwarranted. Um, no, but seriously, they they showed up, man. That's all you can ask for at this point, right? Just showing up. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep it moving right, right along here. Uh, where Presley got it right, he said they have legitimate weapons on the outside. Uh, I know that Virginia struggled at times with drops. I know that they struggled at times to run the football. And when I say at times, all the time, 25 carries, six yards. Anytime you run for six yards, it's going to make throwing the football very, very, very difficult. Um, and so the fact that they finished with 313 passing yards and their top two receivers uh, made big plays made, you know, um, really their top three receivers made, made enough plays that really could have put them in the game. Now the drops were the difference for them, uh, but you've got to give credit to their receivers. They, they did get right in a way compared to what we've seen in previous week, weeks from them. Now it's unfortunate. Wicks left the game, I think with maybe like a head injury, Thompson couldn't catch a football to save his life, man. I mean, I think he was in his own yeah. head at that point where his hands literally just turned to bricks, whether it was a slant, it was a deep cross. It's just hitting them and bouncing right off. And you just, at some point you feel bad for receivers. Cause it's a lot like in that, that a receiver is there to do what to catch a football. Well, when you have a when you have a behemoth like <laughs> yeah. I said this last episode too, when you got a behemoth like Josh Minkins flying downhill, it gets in guys' heads, man. <laughs> oh my god! Where we all got it wrong was thinking that Louisville would be down and out without Malik. All hail Brock! Brock was the man. Brock put on a show. It was Brocktober. We were listening to Brock and Roll. I mean, it was Brock University. It, it, it's just. Everything was coming up, Brock. I just yeah. I don't know how else to say it at this point. The man you're cut off. <laughs> the man, it, I think he's reached a level where maybe he needs one more game, but I think he's reaching the level to where he might not buy a, a, himself a drink 
Uh, do you remember nah, that? Nah, you don't think nah, he's reached he, out nah, yet? Nah, I don't know, nah, man. Nah, nah. I don't know, man. I don't it, know. No, if, if he started, he's, they, me, he's still buying a drink. If he started and they beat Kentucky, <laughs> Clemson, Wake Forest, like one of those teams, yeah, probably. But yeah, he hasn't reached Kyle Boland status. No, no, not not in no. front of not in front of fifteen people in boat shoes at Virginia. No shot. Okay. Well, I just, I guess I got it wrong. So the, the, the hits keep coming here. All right. Let's see. Presley wrong. If you come out early and punch them in the gut, Louisville will lay down for you. They'll even let you pet their belly. You got that one wrong because they did. They got punched early. They go down 10 to nothing. The stat was Scott Satterfield has never come back. I think from seven plus or something stupid like that. I mean, it's just a crazy stat that makes you say like, what in the hell? Uh, and they came back and they, they, they battled back. I thought it was going to be ugly early. You had the interception, um, they just looked at times like they really couldn't get anything going. I mean, there for a while, he balled out later, but it did look like Brock had a noodle arm and the ball was not getting anywhere it needed to be. Like you're talking about even to the point of my mom texting me being like, why is every pass five yards ahead of the receiver or five yards behind the receiver? But he, he settled in and he got it going. Uh, and you got to give, you got to give them credit. You know, we shit on them week after week. Uh, so now it's time for us to take the pooper scooper out and clean it up. I, I think that's where we are at this point. So to, to kudos to Brock, right? You know, Brock, paper, scissors, man. You know, it's just the, the hits keep rolling, <laughs> dude. I hate you. Oh, no, you I have don't. these like noted up or are you just <laughs> off the dome? He's out I got here, one, I got one your ben. socks off, man. Here we go. Broccoli Rob. Nah, that's another good one. That's another good one. We talked about Broccoli Rob a lot the other day for no reason. Pop lock and Brock it. <laughs> You, you, you're in for that? Oh, my fucking goodness. Stop. Stop. <laughs> little broccoli for dinner? How about that? No? Jacob, no. you rock and roll all night, all right, brother? <laughs> Rocking around the Christmas tree? Is, you know, if we, we get a big game, you think that we might I be doing that this no year? I have Christmas puns here. It is October. It is when, still spooky season, damn it. There will be no right. Christmas puns. Yes, now. I'm with Matt. Okay. All right. Let's see. We'll wrap it up here. How about this? 24 to 10. Got it wrong. 45 to 21. Vince Hokies. What? I'm going uh, 45, 21 Hokies. Cavaliers. Cavaliers, man. What is, what is Whatever. Virginia Tech? Mark, <laughs> here, comes Virginia, here comes Virginia Twitter. Got it wrong. <laughs> Double wrong. He said, I just want to pick one right on the season after he says. You know where Vince is going to get it right this week, though? He's not going to have to predict anything. That's right. So he's going to finish at, at least 500. And kudos to Matt. We got to give Matt his, his flowers here because he got he finally got a game right. I know now Matt's got two victories uh, behind but Presley. I think he's undefeated now. Is, are you three and zero here no. on your on your short stretch? Are you two and one? I think, I think I'm two and one. I think two I and predicted one. them to. You have more predictions right than me, my friend. So and Vince, we all know he's, he's struggling, yeah. man. <laughs> I've at least like picked us right not this season. This season, I have not picked us right to win or lose at all. At least last year, I could pick us to win when we did. Right. Well, there it is, right and wrong this week. It's it's not, not as juicy as it's been in week past, but, you know, here we are on the other side of right and wrong, and I feel like – I, the more we do this segment, I love it every week. I, I just that's what I'm saying, fellas. More takes, just spit a take out, even if it's going to be wrong, because it'll be funny next week. So let's do this. Let's transition into talking about Virginia 
Louisville gets their first ACC win of the season. Thank God they don't go 0-4 because that likely meant, in my opinion, 0-8. That would have been rough to do that twice in five years, four years. So thankfully, that's not the case. Louisville wins 34-17 behind the performance of Brock Doman. Just brocking all over the place, brocking around the Christmas tree, brock around the world, brock and roll, Brocktober, he's, all he's of spreading it. The, spreading the brock around the field. That's right, man. That's right. Brock Doman balls out. Louisville gets it going on offense, and Louisville gets the, the victory. And also, shout out to the defense. I, I, I tweeted this, but, you know, six sacks a couple weeks ago sounded crazy. Uh, but what do they do the week after? They get six sacks. That's Louisville football for you right there. So, literally, you get – one of their best team performances all around. They do give up some big plays, uh, but overall they out, they outgained Virginia 473 yards to 319. Uh, they do. Virginia does get the passing uh, yardage over Louisville there as, as Armstrong was able to, to make big plays. But a lot of that was in garbage time when it really wasn't, you know, much of a competitive game and then rushing the football. This is where you really have to stand up and applaud Louisville uh, six yards. I mentioned it earlier. They rushed for 198 yards themselves. So that's really the difference in this game is if Virginia is able to hit some of the runs that Boston College hit the week earlier, Virginia is probably going to at least make this a, a one-score type of game. But instead, Louisville shuts the run down. They make the play. So that's all here to say. And I actually want to point out one other thing, the turnover battle. Uh, Louisville um, did throw the two picks, right? You do have Anthony Johnson getting getting those, and that's, you know, making that guy money. There you go. Gets drafted. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Louisville on his highlight tape. You're like, going to you see do. clips of him in a Louisville uniform making plays and clips of him that's going to be frustrating. Yeah. that. <laughs> if that's not some sort of metaphor or whatever you want to throw in the, the proper jargon is for what Louisville football has been the last 10 years. There you go. Half of a guy's highlight tape is going to be him balling at Louisville and then him balling against Louisville. It's just take that for a juxtaposition. Kick me in the balls. That's right. Louisville controls the possession, uh, the time of possession. They have the, the turnover battle, all the stuff that you would want to see in a victory, all that stuff. So Vince, let's get into the game notes this week, because there's a lot of things that I want to, that I want to get into and I'll let you kind of uh, guide the ship here and then we can follow up with questions. Uh, but there was a lot of things I thought we saw in this game that we hadn't seen, particularly the pop passes. I know I was a happy camper. I love a, a good pop pass. Makes makes things fun. Quarterback gets the yardage. It's a win-win for everybody. Um, they did a little bit more motion. They did a little bit more uh, spreading the ball around to different receivers. You get Dwayne Martin making a big play. All these things you see in a game where you don't have Malik Cunningham. Defense really steps up, makes plays. So I hand it over to you to tell us what you saw when you put the film on. Uh, so – Obviously, they didn't have the full game on YouTube. Saw uh, some people tweeting about that today. I think Keith tweeted about it. Uh, but they had the uh, condensed game and whatnot. So let's just start off where, you know, the main discussion point, it being Brock starting over Malik. Uh, everybody saw it in that first quarter. It, it was bad. I mean, I was texting mm-hmm. my dad. I'm like, I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm embarrassed to be an alumni of this university with what is being put out there on the field right now. And that turned into him turning it off and us going on the roll and everything, and we eventually are, you know, happy and stuff. But uh, you just saw a guy trying to settle in. Like, that's what we witnessed right there. It was just a kid who's never started a college football game, who's been at 12 different schools, who's a walk-on, nervous as shit. I mean, I was shitting my pants against Moorhead State in the two quarters that I played my first series just because it was your first series out there and your first time and everything. Uh, But I was really impressed with Brock and how he read stuff and 
how comfortable he was in the pocket after that first quarter. You could tell just everything kind of slowed down almost after that run. It's like once he scored on that run, it's like, all right, I like I can play. I can I can do this here. And you start seeing these exactly, passes come out. Go ahead, Matt. That's exactly what Satterfield said in the press postgame presser. He said that like once he had that fourth and two uh, the fourth and two option keeper that goes 44 yards to the house. He was like, all right, he had the moment that, like, yeah, I can play with this guy. I'm pretty sure that was, like, close to his exact quote. Like, yeah, I can play with this guy now. Yeah, me, and Sat, me and Sat tend to think like that. You That's know? right. And yeah, we, you guys are just yeah. one brain. Yeah, That's yeah. right. But I did are. notice, and I, I I've, I'm admittedly don't pay attention, I guess, much to Satterfield and Malik and how they kind of interact, but I, maybe I've, I've never noticed it, but I felt like Satterfield was getting in Doman's ass that first quarter. Like, every time he was coming off the field, he's ripping the headset off. Like, you could tell – uh, he was not in a lot of situations, not doing what he was supposed to do. Um, and Vince, I'll let you kind of continue into that, but it was just really interesting that you kind of saw, that was really one of the first times I've ever seen sat kind of get into a player. Now, you know how sad is, man, you love him up. That's what you do. You love him up. You it's, it's not, you know, screaming, yelling. It's more of a, of a critique and, and helping the individual, but you could tell sat was not happy with some of the overthrows and just how he was reading the field. It yeah, was, he, it was pretty he's bad. Got that. He's got he's, that. And that like, he'll MF you for sure. No, he'll MF somebody. Are you kidding me? I yeah, just, he's I a football a gosh, coach, man. I know, but I expect like a gosh darn, like that's more, or, you know, no, like I a mean, bad gummit type of deal. That's what when, I, expect. when I say MF, I mean more just like cuss you out. Okay. In the midst right. of like, I thought you were just, I like, doubt he's out mother here. Effort. Mother effort. <laughs> mother, no, 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 no. You talk about a, a heel turn. That's one I yeah, would never turn. saw coming. It's Saturday right. out here just dreaming. If, if you guys go back and watch, there's a, uh, that whole first quarter, Brock's taking these long, like, strides and things to step up into the pocket. And uh, just really his base isn't there. He's not fundamentally sound. And then after that long run, settled in. And uh, his short to intermediate passing game was money. And that's what yes. I loved the most because as good, of, as good as Malik is, I mean, we all know he's not a great passer. He's just a baller and goes out there, and he's a dude that you love to have on your team because he's going to win you a lot of games. But, you know, you almost prefer having a dude like Brock because he's a true quarterback, you know. And you got to see, you got to witness that on Saturday, just how good this offense can be with somebody that can read a defense, with somebody that's comfortable throwing the football. I mean, there was no – if you watch Malik's front foot when he's throwing the ball a lot, he's stepping in a bucket, meaning he's not stepping towards his target, stepping outside his target. So if you watch Brock, Brock's, I mean, Brock's money, straight fundamentals, and and it worked. And the, the play that sticks out in my head was the wheel route to Marshawn because a lot of times with Malik, that play doesn't work because Malik doesn't sell that pump fake as well. I mean, doesn't sell it that well, or is how I should say it, you know. And uh, Marshawn, part of that route as well is Marshawn has to sell that block that you got to think they're trying to set up their – they had just hit him for the tunnel screen a couple series before that, so that's what they're tell- trying to get the defense to think they're setting up again is that tunnel screen. So they get Marshawn out there to block, and it's like, oh, they, they call it high school Harry. Give him the high school Harry, which, you know, is like the, make it your worst block of your career is what, the, what is the coaching point on that. Make it the worst block of your career. This is the one time, and, uh, you know, he runs right past him and provides for good opportunity. All, all Brock had to do is just put it on him, and I tweeted out that they're just playing pitch and catch at this point. And I don't think we've tweeted that out since Lamar was here. Yeah. Them playing and then something I noticed, Vince, and you you might be able to speak more on this than I can because you're more football seven than I. But it seems like for this game, 
the offensive game plan that the staff crafted was one that was designed to more so help Doman, like, you know, settle in. I saw a lot of, you know, intermediate crossing routes to Ford and Hudson. Yep, I yep. saw if they're, if they're throwing the boundary, the short throws the boundary. So he doesn't have to chuck it like all the way down up, up the sideline. And they only actually drew up a couple, you know, go routes only a handful of times the entire game. And even then, it, and then even when they were called, it's not like it was the first option. It, it, it seemed, and not only that, they the the play calling did seem a little bit more creative at times. Uh, when it comes to the run game, they went back to more so what they were traditionally known for was that inside zone and just run it up the middle. And they were having a lot of success there. And granted, you have to give credit to the offensive line; they did their job exceptionally well in this game. But one of my biggest takeaways from this game as a whole was not that just that Brock was doing well, the defense was doing well, was that the staff put together a game plan to help Brock settle in, number one. And number two, Brock was able to execute it, to which I then come back to think, why has this not been the plan from the beginning? Because, I mean, as, as much as they've wanted to try and craft Malik into this pocket passer, I think the return, the results are in now. He's not that. He, not to say he, can, he isn't capable of making throws because he has two, three, maybe four throws a game where you just kind of sit back and go, damn, that was a good throw. But, like, more often than not, he's not really going to make these elite throws. And it seems like the the staff continued to try and put out this game plan that was more so predicated on a deep passing game that isn't really there right now, especially since there is no deep threat on this team. Like, there's no Tutu Atwell. There's no Tyler Harrell. They tried to make D. Wiggins that, and he's hurt. And it seemed like it was, the, the passing game was still – partially predicated on having someone go down deep whenever there's not really someone to, you know, play that role. So now when Brock goes in, they're like, okay, well, let's get him settled in with some like nice, easy, short-ish throws, mix in some intermediate stuff, make sure he doesn't have to throw the ball all like outside of his wheelhouse. I don't understand why they didn't implement some of this with Malik. Not, not that he can't chuck the ball downfield because he very clearly can. But up to this point this season, it's it's very obvious that, like, Malik is woefully inconsistent. Like, he has overthrows galore. So I don't understand why it took up until the sixth game of the year to try and implement this game plan to where, like, for a backup quarterback where it's very clear that even the starting quarterback maybe, maybe needed some of these elements just to get kind of his confidence going. Well, the thing is, is, I mean – Malik is not consistent on these short to intermediate throws, just as just yeah. as inconsistent as he is on the deep route. I mean, he's not he's not even more inconsistent throwing that short to intermediate range. I mean, if you guys remember uh, for two, two weeks ago, whenever Jacob was talking about the arrow that Marshawn dropped, where I was like, no, that's a catchable ball. I mean, that in all reality, yeah, it's a bad ball. You know, uh, that that's just one example of it. But I mean, I've. I mean, I'm not going to say I've seen it in practice, but, I mean, anybody can see it. Just Malik doesn't have the confidence in stepping up in the pocket and delivering that, you know, dig, that crossing route just on a, on a bullet that, that you saw Brock throw that numerous times that just, you know, step, hitch, boom, and he's just firing it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think you really can implement that game plan with Malik. No, uh, you can't. Malik's just the – and that's the situation we found we have ourselves in. 
He's a damn good quarterback. Yeah. Don't think I'm sitting over here standing on top of a roof saying, uh, you know, Malik Cunningham needs to be this and that, or Brock needs to, you know, I mean, Malik's a damn good quarterback. I mean, he's, he's gotten us up until this point. 2019, we don't win half those games without Malik Cunningham. To 2017, or not 17, 20, 2020, we don't win half those games, and all, so on and so on. He's just that important of a player for us, and I just yeah. wish he could be a little bit more consistent with those uh, passes. Defensively, I, you know, you, you're happy with that, but there's still holes and stuff that you see where our defense can get exposed. Right. Uh, running the ball still. I mean, yeah, they had six yards, but uh, excuse me, not running the ball. What am I talking about? Passing the ball. Passing the ball, yeah. Yeah, passing the ball. Still just too much of a cushion coverage. Uh, in my opinion, Armstrong is one of the easiest quarterbacks to intercept in college football. If you watch his throwing motion, it's a lot like Tim Tebow's. Yeah, it like is. it is long yeah. throw motion. So like on Quincy Riley, I think yeah, it was Riley's interception. I mean, he could have probably bent down, tied his shoes, and got up, made a break on that route. Uh, yeah, but all that comes. I'm I'm saying all this to bring it back to the D line and linebackers. If they continue to get pressure on this on the quarterbacks, yeah, we might get burnt on one, or you know, they might have a big gain or something like that. But I'd rather have my guys with their ears pinned back, going after the quarterback, and uh, giving us a shot to, you know, get a sack, strip sack fumble, or, you know, cause that quarterback to just throw something up, which is what it mm-hmm. felt like Armstrong was doing a lot of times. Uh, big game from Monty, big game from Ashton, uh, big game from the D-line. I mean, th- mm-hmm. they've been a very bright spot on the Mason defense. Riger. Who would have thought? Mason Riger, yep. Mason Riger. Yes. Mason Riger showing up again. I swear, man. All he does gonna, is he's gonna make me buy. He's going to make me buy that jersey. I'm telling you, man. It's going to happen this season. He keeps getting sacks and TFLs. But, I guys, I have sad news to report, okay? This is this is – You're not spending $190 on a Mason no, Riger this, jersey? This is this is bad. This is really bad, and it's groundbreaking, and it just changes the, the direction of the show. Um, but Mason Riger's tackle for lost streak has ended. Yeah. No. It's ended. Uh, oh. Mason Riker was ta- was credited with one tackle on Saturday that was not a tackle for loss. Oh, damn. R.I.P. Throwing out for the homie, man. We got that's Q- what we got to Q- do. Q- right in now. the sad violin right there, Jacob. It's just an absolute gut punch uh, to what the season has been. But no, seriously, he had a great game um, and deserves to be called out. But here's the other conversation we need to have Matt, who coaches the safeties? Who's the safeties coach? I. Thank you. It's McGriff. Okay. That's what I thought too. All right. So me and coach crime, we need to have a one-on-one. Okay. We need to have a sit down Okay, uh, and we might need to get coach sad involved. Um, but I, I just have one question for him. Why is MJ Griffin not playing? Why do you have the nation's top, uh, the leader in missed tackles and you've got this gym, this, this Calvin Pryor light, this safety that can fly, who can make plays, who is everywhere. When you look up, there's MJ Griffin. Why has my man been riding the bench when we have struggled at when they have put Kendrick Duncan and Josh Mingans out there together for long periods? I, I'm, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, the, the only thing I could you know say, to, I mean, I doubt this is going to ease your brain anymore, but that there had to have been a reason during practice that you just can't trust him out there on the field. And that sounds stupid saying that because Kendrick was out there and he's leading the country in missed tackles. So it's like, 
it, I feel like Coach Prime was like in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, but now his damned if you don't turned into a starter, in my opinion. Yeah, that's right. It's in, it's incredibly weird that Louisville's leader in tackle was also one of the country's leaders in missed tackles. Yeah, he's that's had a lot a of tackles. What does? Why is he getting so many damn opportunities to make a tackle? Yeah, what, tell me. What I mean, he, he's in the box either far too much or he is letting the players from the defense are letting guys get to the back end way too often. One of the two. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make where sense. He, where he loves to miss a tackle is on the outside zone play. Whenever, uh, you know, we've got the edge set and we're stringing it out, stringing it out, and that running back's got to cut up. Well, I mean, guess what he's cutting up right into? It's supposed to be a safety right there. I'll never forget it. God, state championship game in high school. Freaking not my safety didn't come down. There was a 70-yard run down the sidelines. It's like the most gut-wrenching thing being the outside linebacker and setting the edge thinking, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be a TFL one-yard loss. And you see a dude going for 90 down the sidelines like that. It's, it reminds me of uh, of what's the coach, what's his name? Coach 30. 30. Coach 30. 30. Yeah. It was that USC Too, too big for the week. moment, pissed down his leg. Too big for the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, well, but I mean, that's exactly what you want your running back to get into. I mean, one on one situation with the safety with five yards in front of you. Shit. All right, guys, you want a little sack update? Any interest in a sack update? Just some I numbers. I really here? don't care about your sack, Jacob. That's it. Here's some numbers for you. Just a halfway point through the season, Louisville is sitting with 22 sacks. Um, they are in the top. I don't I think it's top 25 in the country. I don't know what the exact number is now. We might have to get our resident fact checker here on that. Uh, speaking of which, Presley, we're coming to you right after this for what Scott Satterfield, Scott Satterfield is doing during his bye week. Um, but four for, for Diaby, four for Gelati. So there you go. This is the first year in the Satterfield era where the defensive linemen are leading the way from for, for sacks. That's not happened in Scott Satterfield's tenure, okay? So there, you have that. Those two have eight combined. Then you have Monty with three. Yasir Abdullah, who had, what did he have last year, 10, 10 and a half? He's got, and a half yep. Right now, at the halfway point, he's got two and a half. I mean, that is unfortunately disappointing, but it kind of speaks to the group stepping up this year, more so than it being on him to do every bit of, of blitzing. I mean, you have that teams are shading him, double team, chipping, you name it, to make sure it's not a one-on-one block with Yasir Abdullah. They're doing it. I mean, yeah. they have to. The dude's get off. It showed the other day whenever he made a TFL. I mean, just his first step is like, I mean, he's still going to get drafted and make good money. Yeah, and welcome to the sack club, Jared Dawson. His first sack of his career at Louisville. So kudos to Mr. Dawson there. Yes, nice sack. Yeah, give give Desmond Tell a little bit of love as well. Presley pointed out he made a tackle from his belly. That's impressive, man. When you're just full belly, you got your butt up in the air, you're in a very vulnerable position, and here you are here just scooping feet and making tackles. Especially when you're, you know, I'll call him six foot. I'll give him an inch. <laughs> there you go. Making, yeah. making a tackle from your belly. <laughs> All right, Vince, Any anything else that you'd like to and add? To I, I would just love to see our, our team, our Louisville cards, play a full – complete game from start to finish first quarter to fourth quarter i'm not calling for perfection nobody's going to be perfect throughout a football game there's going to be misassignments there's going to be busts things are going to happen but i want to see from first quarter to fourth quarter i want to see just all of it let's hit on special teams let's hit on offense hit on defense and you know i preferably would love for that to be done at home <laughs> so we can sit there and enjoy that that's all that's all i want I'm happy with Brock and how he performed. He definitely uh, surpassed my expectations 
No, no doubt about that. I would. I mean, it, I, I was texting y'all. I was like, yeah, out here whipping his Brock out, man. And gr- granted, this was Saturday right after the game, and I'm like, I'm like, are we, is there a quarterback competition? Are we gonna have a quarterback controversy now? But uh, yeah, well, that's a great point, Vince. Great point. Great job, guys. Tonight, you guys are really just uh, as far as hosting. I think I might start delegating. You guys are proven transition, to me. bro. Good transition. You guys are killing this. It's like we do this uh, weekly. But that's a good point. Is that we got to talk about Brock and Malik because there's a there's a conversation to be had there. What that conversation is, we'll get into that after our commercial break. But Presley, first, let's come to you. Just re- what do you got for us, Scott Satterfield? What's he done this past week on his bye week? Uh, what do you think he's been doing? Wrong answers only. Make sure I disclaimer that Obama fashion show. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Stopping a fight in the parking lot. <laughs> Dude, do any of you all think you could do you think you could take the punch that Jordan Poole took? Let's let's transition just to Hell no. Oh, absolutely. Hell no. <laughs> that man ate You want to talk about you want to talk about that reporter catching up? I'm catching up. Fat bag from Draymond on that one, and you ate even more bag talk. Let's talk about that boy that sold that. He sold it for like two point five. I said I saw that he sold it for ten k. Is what I had seen from somebody what? reporting. Yeah, I saw somebody report him some in the millions. But uh, if I had access to that, you damn right, I'm selling it. I'm selling the shit out of that. Stop punching people. If you don't bag punch people, I don't alert, have to sell. Major bag alert. Yeah, easily. Right. All right. On the other side, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Louisville football at the halfway point of the season. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on down the stretch of the season, adding a new opponent to the ranked uh, uh, list. Now, literally everyone Louisville plays has either been ranked or is ranked at this point. James Madison now number 25 in the country. Uh, kudos to the Dukes, man. That's going to be a hell of a game. I was going to take my daughter that to that game thinking, oh, that's the game. Louisville's going to win by 50. You know, we'll get a lot of Marvin Dallas. We'll see some Jack Ryger, little Josh, Josh Lifson. Nope. No, this is a game now that uh, Louisville it could be Scott Satterfield's premier win. What if they're like, just to kind of like tag off of what Mike Rutherford was talking about on his podcast. No. no, 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 no. But what if, just give, give me a second here. All right. What if we go into that game and they're like 18th or 19th and they win? That very well could be Scott Satterfield's defining win of his program tenure at Louisville is a number 19 ranked James Madison. That is that's happening. OK, let's go ahead and mark that down. No. We've got to talk about the quarterbacks. We've got to talk about, uh, I guess, the safeties now. That's probably where the real the conversation lies in terms of some position battles. But now we're going to talk about the bye week and where Louisville needs to kind of turn its attention to what what can they glean from this game? What can they take from Malik Cunningham when he comes back? Tyon Evans is getting healthy. Jalen Mitchell is getting healthy. This team could turn a corner. I'm not saying that this Virginia win is going to be uh, anything that's going to spark some kind of revival um, you know, 1970 Baptist church style here is we're not going to be seeing, you know, any kind of snake holding and, and whispering of, of tongues to become, you know, some godlike team that can win all of these games down the stretch and, um, you know, all the things that come with that. But we're going to talk about what they can do to get bowl eligible, because I think that might be kind of the benchmark this season. I think that's the ceiling for this team at this point, considering where they've started. So we'll be back on the other side to talk about that. But before we do, you're thinking about where to go to enjoy this weather. It is beautiful fall weather in the Ville. This is that sweater weather, that chilly weather where you got to get out and enjoy it. Kern's Corner is the place where you want to do that in the Highlands. You can watch football, all the games there. You can watch college basketball getting ready to kick up here in a, in a couple of weeks. All kinds of stuff from the NFL to Major League Baseball. I'm sure there's some, some Keeneland action happening out there, some Churchill Downs action, maybe a little bit of California uh, turf racing where you can watch some buggies. I don't know, but if that's on, you can watch it at Kern's Corner. That's 
that's the spot to be good beer, good food, all of those things where you can find them. We'll be out there soon for our first live show, but stick around on the other side. We'll talk about the bye week guys presley meyer here from the starting 502 podcast wanted to let you guys know that we are back we are better than ever for season three of the starting 502 we cannot wait we have a new head coach kenny payne coming in but we have the same great podcast content coming for you guys with a new format Wolver Live's coming up right around the corner so make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcast starting 502 podcast season three let's go All right, we're back on the other side here, the second part of from the Pink Seats podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in each week as we uh, more than more than often this week, this season have been sad. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, being sad with us, uh, and just riding the waves of this season. This is you know this is like Hurricane Bay right here. This is that's what we're doing, right? Remember back in the day, Kentucky Kingdom, the wave pool. You know, wasn't it Hurricane Bay? Is that what it was called? So. It was. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what we're doing. We're just riding the waves right now at this point, just hoping that we'll catch one. And and hopefully there's going to be some better things to come after the bye week. But subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. From the Pink Seats, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast from. Follow us on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod, at Matt underscore McGavick, at Press Meyer, at Vincent Lacoco at Jacob Lane 08. Uh, and of course, stateofloval.com and the Louisville Report is where you can find the work of all these fine gentlemen here uh, on this show. Uh, but let's let's dive into a conversation that we need to have. Okay. This is this is what the people came here for. Um Brock Doman, he he really threw a wrinkle. You you know, you talk about expecting the unexpected. Um, and so the the com the quarterback conversation, okay? We need to have it. Are you ready to have this conversation? Are you ready? Yes. I'm very ready. I was going to make this a very dramatic thing where I was going to put the book up to the microphone and I was going to open it and you'd hear it. And then I was going to boom, slam it shut because that's the end of the conversation. We're not having that conversation. Stop talking about it. Malik Cunningham is the quarterback of this team. There is no quarterback controversy. You got Matt out here. Look at you, Matt. You're trying to get clicks. You're talking about, is there a quarterback battle? I, I can understand where the conversation is. And which, that's right. If you want to check that out, Matt did a great job of presenting where we are, what Brock Doman did, and what the what the kind of conversation needs to be moving forward. But miss me. I understood the, the assignment. I will defend you, Matt, because me, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man. Like he is hitting these passes. This is stuff that you have not seen in the Scott Satterfield offense since uh, I'll throw some names out there. Since Zach Thomas was running it, I don't even know who that is. Oh, I know who that is. Oh, I'm very aware. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say there's a quarterback battle by any means because Malik Cunningham is our starting quarterback. He throws a decent ball. He has won us plenty of damn football games with his legs and his arm. I don't know. That I think. Barry, uh, I'm glad we are having this discussion because we won. We would not be having this discussion if we would have lost. It would have been, God, I can't no. wait to get Malik out there. But I'm glad we have a feasible backup quarterback again. Yeah, I, 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 the way that I phrased it when I wrote about earlier today is that it gives the quarterback room a little bit more depth than what we thought. And, yes, sure, you can have this theoretical situation where maybe Brock is a starter, but that would require – Brock to continue progressing as a passer for him to kind of adjust to whatever defenses are going to throw at him because now defenses have film on him. It's going to require a big regression in Cunningham to the point where like he has to come out or if he just is absolutely not feeling it in the game. And then you would just have to have those two going on at the same time. And then 
even still, at that point, they would only have the option. Previously, Louisville had Malik, and that was it. There was no one behind him. Like, it was live by Malik, die by Malik. Malik is the guy. Now Louisville has the option to where if if things really get to the point where Malik just regressed to the point where he fell off a cliff and Brock continued to make strides and practice and like to continue to build on his game, they at least would have the option of putting him in. What, but my, my my question is for you all is what you all are Scott Satterfield. What does it take for you to put Brock in? In that situation, what has Malik to be going injured. wrong in the game for Malik? I mean, if, it, if it's me, it, not what I think is going to happen, but if it's me, I would say that if there are multiple drives where the defense gets you the ball back and then you go out there and you lay a dud, lay an egg, uh, do you lay a dud? Uh, you do lay a dud. You can you lay, lay a dud. dud. You'll definitely lay a dud. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you go out there and you stink it up and mm-hmm. you get back off the field and put the defense back out there, then I'd say, you know what? Brock's turn and yeah. just like, just, just throw them out there. Even, you know, like at some point you got to send a message and I, I like, I understand that, you know, there are, there are egos to, to uh, take care of and that sort of stuff. But at some point you got to say, look, I got to win football games. So if you can't do that, there are people behind you that have worked just as hard as you to get there. So yeah, that's, that's where I was at Saturday. I, I'm like, I know Malik's gonna start whenever we get back from the bye week, but mm-hmm. what what's it, what's gonna have to go wrong in a in a game for us for that discussion to start brewing in Louisville fans' heads and and in our head coach's head? Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was at. I'm like, I don't I, know. I tell you what, I think the this I believe presents the best chance for Brock to get the starting range moving forward, or at least like a, a look at it. I think Louisville has to lose to James Madison for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I personally, I like, I see where you're coming from. I think if you're trying to put it at a, at a like a specific spot in the season where he can take over, I, I just don't see it, man. There's no way. There's no way. Malik quits immediately. Like, no, like, I, you know, I know Malik's a competitor, but you, you essentially, if you bench him, it's a lot like Eli Manning at the end of his career. Remember when the Giants benched him for Geno Smith for a week? Like, at this point, you're sending the message that he's done. Like, he's not good enough yeah. to be our quarterback. And I just do not see Scott Satterfield doing that. I think there could be pressure to do that. And I think what could happen is a lot like what we saw maybe with uh, Brom and, and LaFours in 2004, where Brom would come in and play a quarter. I think maybe that's a that's the ideal scenario here, where Brock gets a drive or two throughout a game. The problem is this team is too predictable. Like, it gets to the point where if you throw Brock out there, well, what's the difference between him and Malik? Well, he can throw it. So we probably need to cover. And let's be honest here, like with Evan Conley, when he had his games and his stretch, there was very limited film on him. You didn't know what he was capable of and what he did, what he didn't do. Didn't right. do. And then as he got more film, teams saw what they could do. And you saw him take more sacks, throw more picks. I think that the, the, the same could be true of Brock, where Virginia was good, right? Like they're a good defense and Brock had a great game against them. But at the same time, if that's Clemson, I don't think he's putting up numbers like that. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the expectations are kind of, of kind of what he did in that game, maybe aren't what he would do in some of the yeah. bigger games, but at the same time, I could be wrong, man. Maybe you just throw him in and say, what the hell, what could happen and, at this point? And the thing You've is never been wrong de- about Brock before. That's yeah, right. Never. No, not once. And not the, me. the thing is the, the defenses only get 
tougher from here on out. I mean, look at look at the, the remaining teams on the schedule. I mean, you could make a case that most of these teams, if not all of them, defense is their strength. I mean, Pitt, I mean, they they have guys on defense, but their defense has been kind of okay. They're more so powered by uh, Israel and and that running back there. <laughs> Wake Forest, they're, that's that's the exception to the rule. Their defense sucks out loud. JMU, I'm not going to lie, I, I don't know how like how great they are on defense, but I'll cross that bridge when they get there. But then you look at those last three teams. Clemson's offense has been okay. Clemson's defense, phenomenal. NC State's defense, phenomenal. Kentucky's defense, phenomenal. Yeah, it's going to be a triad of nightmares for whoever is quarterback, like 100%. And yeah. th- the thing is, is I just – I think that that's just what this team is. Like, Satterfield and them have to find a way to make them a more balanced football team. I think that's the takeaway. I think Vince said it very eloquently at the beginning of the season. Why can we not just be a balanced football team? Why can that not be our, our identity – and while he did the stretch zone runs on Saturday, you saw kind of that 2019 offense where they were more balanced and they were passing a little bit more. Now, it was in a different way. We haven't seen intermediate intermediate passing since. I mean, I think Lamar might have done some, but I, I, we haven't really had a strong intermediate passer at all since Brom LaFour. Well, Teddy, I'm probably, I'm probably Teddy, missing yeah. some. Teddy's a good one, but. Lamar was even more of that, you know, boomer bust. Like it was either a, a short play or it was a 65 yard passing play. He wasn't much of an intermediate passer. Um, and that was obviously kind of his, his biggest critique, but with Malik, he is what he is. Um, he's not going to become a, a, an NFL passer at, at any point this season. So how do you lean into that? How do you build an offense around that and take all these strengths and trying to build upon what you've done and all the weaknesses and get better from them. And that's where I'm just drawing a blank is I don't know what they can do. You know, it's a lot like a team at the trade deadline that's cap strapped has bad assets. They're they're the Lakers right now. Like you are what you are and it's going to be really hard to build something differently knowing that Malik is not going to all of a sudden acquire these passing skills. And let's be honest, you're not going to turn to Brock Doman. Like that's just not going to happen. No offense to Brock. Great backup quarterback. You love to have him. Look at Chad Henney, how much money he's made in his career. Look at all the backup quarterbacks that hold clipboards and make paper. Like I, that's a job Redman. for me. Yeah, Chris yep. Redman. Like there's a number of guys who have made so backup quarterbacks they have their place, but my point being here is that you aren't going to make Malik a better passer overnight enough to really become this balanced intermediate passing team, and you can't really make Brock Doman a part of the offense. So what do you do? What does the bye week look like? I don't know. It's frustrating because what we saw on Saturday was the offense being ran. That That's the offense, y'all. Yeah, it's right. Not, exactly. It's not, you know, letting – running the offense through Malik. We run our offense and we call our plays based off the defense and things like, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating because that Saturday was the offense and it was pretty to watch the inside zones and things like that. I don't know. I'm just sitting here with my hands up saying, I don't know. Yeah. And three so times now. Presley, what's Scott doing? What, what's up during the bye week man? What's he working on? And what's Scott, I mean- Scott Stott's working on? Well, besides uh, visiting his own old stomping grounds, I heard he might go streaking uh, um, down down the streets of Appalachian State from one stoplight to the other. But no, in, in, in all seriousness, I think that there there could be a situation here where Malik had to like you got to think about the mentality behind this, right? Like Malik's going to have been off for uh, you know over two weeks before his next start, and. I also think about just like what goes into that, right? Like he's never had to do that in his life. Stay like, you know, he's never even been sidelined. So he's, he had to stay home, watch the game on TV 
and he watched his team pretty much dominate the last three quarters. He they was won. the guy in the video, the the, the video um, of the <laughs> yeah, quarterback. Yeah, that was that. Malik. Yeah. Good pass, good pass, but it wasn't that good. And, yeah, and yeah. the part where he's like, "I'm 26." Yeah, 26. Malik literally is almost 26 years old. It's like a perfect, uh, yeah, he's literally he's perfect thinking. for Malik. I'm 25. He's definitely he's 24. He can do Malik, wrong. No, he, he can't do how old he wrong. Is. I've seen him practice. <laughs> Malik's not that much younger than Lamar. No. Like if you think about it that way, which yeah. is just crazy to think about because Lamar is an NFL veteran now. So it's, you know, I, I, I think that there's the mentality that, that just it's, it, I think he realizes now it's do or die time. Like, I don't think that he ever wants to have that feeling again. And let's be honest, you know, his, he was very just average everywhere um, in, in his first, first season under Bobby Petrino and then just kind of came out of nowhere uh, his second year under Satterfield. And since then, he's kind of been about the same guy until this season. And going into this season, he just hasn't been the same. Uh, obviously, we talked about the rapport with the receivers, but th- it's it's clearly more than that. He's clearly not where we expected him to be this season. And in order for Louisville, you know, Jacob, you asked, what what does this team have to do? I mean, they have to, they have to continue to rely on Malik Cunningham, yeah. in, in my opinion. And I think that this could be a great thing. This could serve as a springboard for him into the rest of the season. You know, he, you you could look back and say, okay, well, that whatever it is, 20-ish day layoff uh, between, you know, one game getting a concussion and then, uh, you know, missing a game, staying home, having a bye week, and then playing against Pittsburgh. I mean, ultimately, that that could serve Louisville really well. It, it could be – it could signal the, the downfall of his career. Who knows? But it also, you know – it, this is this is a situation where he's going to have to figure out who he is, what he's going to do with his career, and he's probably you know sitting at home thinking about like, wow, the team's dominating, not dominating, but they're playing well without me, uh, with a guy that that no you know nobody really believed in, and and all of a sudden, you know now the the conversation is, I mean, it's not a very serious conversation about a quarterback battle, but it's a conversation that that at least comes up because people are like, okay, at least there's somebody else behind him that that is. Serviceable. somewhat capable service yeah. yeah right no and that's doubt. not that's not something that we believed beforehand and if you would have watched the first quarter there's no way in hell you would have believed that so it's it, it's just it's fascinating how how quickly things just kind of turned like that but i i think that you know we i mean we talked to brock in, in the offseason he you know he had high expectations for himself uh he talked about you know he prepared for that moment for a long time uh so i i you know i think that that has to be somewhere in the back of his mind. And he, if he's a true competitor, he's probably thinking I could do so much better than that. And, yeah. but, but in order for him to do better than that, he has to do way better than he's done this season. And I guess that's, that's the point that I'm trying to get at is if, if he mentally processes this, right, it could be a great thing for for Cunningham and for the team. If not, then you like, like Vince indicated, you know, or I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but you know, it was indicated essentially that, you know, maybe by the James Madison game, if they lose that, you might as well put Brock Doman in because clearly the offense has run the best it has this season uh, without cutting him in, in, in the game. So, yeah, for sure. And here's where I want to kind of go with this next. Right. So just kind of talking through what what Louisville can be, what they haven't been, what they should have been. Um, the numbers tell a story of what Louisville can become. And I think it's the the uh, the the buck really stops here with Scott Satterfield of what are you going to do offensively? knowing some of the limits that you have um, 
to make them better. But at the end of the day, what this team is, is a team that can, and this is going to sound so crazy, but if you just look at the numbers, what this team does is they do three things defensively. One, they give up a lot of big plays. Like we're not going to deny that, but they are, they are in the, the nation right now, top 15 in turnovers gained in terms of forcing turnovers. And Presley, what you have to give me the exact number, but I, top 10 in sacks in the country, right? Yeah. So this team, yeah, so so Louisville Louisville is six in the country in sacks with twenty two. Uh, they lead the country in sack yards gained with one hundred and sixty seven uh, sack yards gained, um, three point six seven sacks per game. Uh, Southern California leads the country with twenty four total sacks. So they're only yeah. two sacks behind. Um, and, and, and other people of note as well. Uh, James Madison in only five games has eighteen sacks. That's that's good for ninth in the country. Um, so, uh, and then, and then Pittsburgh who's who's Louisville's next opponent, 19 sacks so far. Um, so they're, that's good for 15th in the country. So um, some, some, some interesting stuff, but yes, yes. Sure. And then on the offensive side for Satterfield, knowing that you have a defense that can make turnovers, uh, can force turnovers, can, um, you know, get after the quarterback, you've got to find a way to just clean up those big plays. And for me, it's play the guys that are the best at being uh, on defense. Stop playing guys because they're they're veterans. They've been in the program. There's no reason we should see KD playing the entire game for, in that safety spot. We need to see more MJ Griffin, more Nicario Harper. Presley talked about it last week, and he's absolutely right. This team has the depth. They're proving that this year with their sack numbers, with their picks. More guys this season have a pick, I think, than any year past. More guys have sacks this year than I think in any years past. They're getting TFLs. They're they're absolutely making plays. Like I, I, I and maybe it'll be by the end of the year that the numbers just absolutely blow previous years out of the past. But this defense was sold us as a as a defense that can get after the ball and force turnovers, and that's what we're seeing this year. It's the big plays that are really causing them to lose football games. You clean that up, I think you can do so by playing players that are showing you that they're good enough to be out there. The MJ Griffins, uh, the Cam Wilsons, these guys, Jared Dawson's like, we need to see more guys play. We saw on the offensive line, uh, Luke Kandra played. We saw uh, moves at left tackle with Michael Gonzalez. So they're making moves, but it's, it's just a consistent will of can, will we decide to play the guys that give us the best opportunity to win? Or will we continue to play the veterans? Because that's what we feel like we need to do. I think they can build around those things. I think that this team can come back and win enough games to get bowl eligible. That may sound crazy considering what we've seen, but if you just take away the big plays, which you could say, well, how you can't do that. That's not fair. Then you're really just, you're, you're moving the field goal post. Yeah, that's true. But also it does tell a story that um, if they're not doing that, they're actually a solid football team. And so on offense, Mm -hmm. it becomes Vince. How do you add in the pop passes? How do you get more motion? Um, Presley's talked about it in weeks past Vince, You've talked about it. Matt's talked about it. How do you get Marshawn to stop just being looked at as this H back? How do we get him the four catches for 93 yards? Like he had on Saturday. How do we get him more involved to where then Malik has three really dynamic pass catchers in Hudson, um, uh, Huggins, Bruce, and then Ford. And then how can you bring along the running backs? You're going to have a full healthy stable of running backs. That's four guys now five in Mo Turner who can carry the football and be relied upon. There's, there's opportunities here for them to get this thing going. Uh, they're not going to win out. Okay. Let's set this, let's set the realism here. They're not going to be every single person. You still got to win. You still got to play. That's right. That's right. They might, they might beat the Hokies. You never know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but there's an opportunity here for them to, to, to clean up and, and kind of get out of here close to expectations, or at least, um, not as bad as what we thought maybe a week or two ago that it could be. 
Um, so let me ask you this. We'll, we'll close the show on this. Um, do you think that right now at the bye week, when we get to the end of the, end of the season, that they're going to have the wins needed to go and play in a bowl game? What do you all think right now today? What's the, what's the group thought on that? I, I'm going to go with no. I think the only even close to guarantee win is probably going to be the James Madison game, but even still their rank, that's not going to be close. You can make a case with Pitt and Wake. Pitt has shown vulnerability at times. Wake's defense is very much atrocious, but they do have that otherworldly offense with Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry and all those guys. But, like, those are the only two only two other games other than the JMU game that you can make a case for. I do not see them winning at Clemson. Maybe they can pull one over NC State if Devin Leary is out again for that game, but that's still several weeks from now. And maybe they can pull one over at Kentucky because that offensive line is yeah. just horrible. Yeah, that's but what I was thinking those, too. Yeah. Those three games, I mean, they're de- all three of those teams have stout defenses. And it's going to be hard for this offense who is already struggling to find its identity to really get going. So I don't see them winning those three games. I I think they might split Pitt or Wake. I don't know which one. But I think they win JMU. But I just don't see this team going bowling. I might not. I might not even see this game, this team win two more win two more games this season. I really. What don't. do you guys think? Uh, I think we'll go to a bowl. I think JMU, Pitt, and then uh, you know either Wake or NC State. Yeah, those, one of the I two. think they might steal and something. I, in I there, mean, yeah. I could even see us beating Wake and NC State. You know, I could see I could see that happen. Oh, don't give me that, Matt. Yeah, where yeah. Vince was wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, but if you're looking at it, Vince is right. That's the games. Like, if you're if you're just gonna look at the games that they we, could we can win. beat all those. The, like Kentucky and Clemson, in my opinion, are the two hardest games left on our schedule. Oh, yeah. I think everybody's gonna tell you that. Yeah. Everybody else is a beatable team that we have beat before. Yeah. Like You're not wrong. Yeah, we can beat NC State. We beat them before. We can beat Wake yeah. Forest. You stop that RPO BS that they run, you got them beat. JMU, I'm not sure what they run and stuff. And but Pitt, I, I think we can beat Pitt pretty handedly. Have you seen their running back though? Oh man. That's have a, you seen that's our a... running backs? I don't know. I don't know. I think I might trade all five of ours for their one, if I'm being honest with yeah, you. Yeah, Israel Abandacanda is the truth. Man. And that's a he badass name. Abandacanda. Come here, man. That's all right. What do you got, Presley? Last last thing here, and then we'll go ahead and we'll wrap the show and get out of here and allow our, our uh, listeners to get back to their their lives. Well, well I, I will say one thing that we've not talked enough about today is 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 the play in the trenches for Louisville uh, to not allow Virginia a, a, a single tackle for loss. Uh, to a team that that was averaging uh what i think it was like four or five sacks a yeah, game four and a half five, four and a half yeah, and three i think it was sacks, five yeah. it was five sacks in a, a game entering the game right now it's down now mm-hmm. it's down to four um if, if i remember correctly um so that that's that's a big deal i mean they and we talked about this last week that they're very very stout on the defensive line and then vice or conversely on the defensive line for louisville they kind of had their way with with Virginia so I, I think that that's a, a big thing going forward you have experience and, and talent on both lines and now you just have to build off of that I mean Louisville uh, Louisville had their way on the offensive line just kind of running the clock out in the fourth quarter you know the reason that Virginia kind of came back with with that big comeback win last year at Louisville was because Louisville you know kept just punting back to them and they just kept scoring uh and, and Louisville just essentially kind of ran the clock out 
um, at, at Virginia this weekend. Uh, I text y'all. It was run to win time, baby. Yeah. Coach yes. Trino used to call and, that run to win. Well, and, and they did. And that doesn't often happen um, under Satterfield. So that, that was extremely encouraging. And, and for that reason, I, I think that um, right now I, I, I'm really stuck on five wins. I really think that five wins is probably ultimately going to be what happens. With that being said, though, I'm still not ready to count them out with their backs up against the wall. Like if you beat Pitt, then all of a sudden the narrative changes a little bit. Now all of a sudden you're above 500 and you know, like I'm, I'm not sold and, and, and we can go back and make fun of me later. I'm not sold on NC state yet. Like, I don't think that they're the, I mean, aren't they, a top, are, are they not in the top 10? Like top 15, 20, something like that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on NC state. I'm sorry. Like they have a really good quarterback. They have great playmakers. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, so did Virginia. <laughs> like NC state know, guys, are just guys that can't get in Carolina. I, so, something like that. But, but regardless, like I don't, just because they're ranked doesn't mean that these teams are, you know, Syracuse is ranked now and we didn't, you know, have a, have a lot of respect for them. Um, you know, it's just, there, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just that saying like, Oh yeah, there's a bunch of ranked teams. Like, yes, obviously the, the schedule is, is very difficult, but there are a lot of positives around this team that you can point towards. And, and now it's the coaching staff's job to, to take advantage of, of the positives while limiting the, the negatives of, of the big plays. So ultimately I, I think right now I see five, but I, I, I don't, I'm not ruling out six to seven. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of, of people uh, find themselves right now. And, and then there's obviously a lot of fans that have kind of um, checked out and given up on an opportunity and you can't blame them because they've played some pretty crappy football in times this year. Uh, but what I will say is uh, eight o'clock, October 22nd, it's a jam-packed Louisville weekend. you got Louisville Live. You've got the red-white scrimmage on the basketball side. You've got, I think, the Pizza Bowl. Is that the same weekend? Is that this weekend? I don't know. There's a Pizza Bowl. Pizza Bowl's going on right now. Okay, Pizza Bowl won't be that weekend, so take that out of the equation. But all that other stuff's still going on. <laughs> Louisville plays Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh at 8 p.m. Oh, my God. This The dad uh, that is, is my physical being is screaming at the fact that I won't be asleep by 9.30 or 10 o'clock. But we're going to go out there. We're going we're gonna to watch some football. And – you know, I think it's going to be a good environment. I think it'll be another one of those games where we look back on and say, man, the crowd was there. The energy was there. But, you know, will the result be different? Really looking forward to that one. Um, we've got a lot to, that's going to take place on the show over the next couple of weeks. So we, we just encourage you to keep listening to that. Um, all kinds of stuff with Louisville football recruiting. You know, Pierce Clarkson, the guys, we've got a lot to keep an eye on there. Ruben Owens, will they sign? National Signing Day is just around the corner. All of that. So make sure that you tune into the show. All right. Well, I guess that's about to wrap it. <laughs> What you just heard right there was Presley fumbling the bag. Unbelievable. Looked like me trying to hit a freaking six-footer yesterday. I'm just kidding. I don't miss. And that's going to wrap us up for this week, folks. We've got Eric Macklin checking in with us next week. We're excited as hell to get ready for Pitt. Go Cards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. 
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.